Welcome to Vitalita Health. I'm Lisa Henderson, a registered dietitian nutritionist and a proud Gen Xer. If you're a Gen Xer, you've landed in the right place. I created this podcast specifically with you in mind to provide you with current high quality information about healthy aging and healthy living during this busy time in your life. In this show, we'll approach health from a whole person perspective and we'll discuss a variety of health topics from nutrition and exercise to managing stress and emotions to sleep, cognitive health, and beyond. We'll also discuss strategies for preventing or managing chronic conditions like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and obesity, just to name a few. Before we jump in, just a quick reminder to subscribe or follow this show so you don't miss an episode. Also, please rate, review, or share this podcast with friends or family who might benefit from it. Welcome to the new season of Vita Lita Health, Nutrition and Health for Gen X. I have a lot of fascinating topics and guests planned for this season, and I'm really excited and happy to have you along for the ride. Today, I'm going to talk about sleep, and you're probably wondering to yourself, why is she talking about sleep? She's a registered dietitian. What does sleep have to do with nutrition and diet? Well, the answer is absolutely nothing. But in my first work experiences after becoming a registered dietitian, I worked as a health coach. My very first job was working as a health coach at the Employee Wellness Center at the Microsoft campus in Redmond, Washington. And after that, I worked for a while, for a couple of years, as a health coach for a health plan in Washington State. And I was also certified as a health coach during that time. Part of my role as a health coach was not only to coach people on improving their diet, but also to guide them on improving their physical activity, managing stress, helping them reach a healthy weight, and also giving them tips on improving their sleep. So that is a whole person, holistic approach to health, which is something that I really believe in and something that this show embraces. There was one little problem, though, that became apparent as soon as I started working as a health coach. The health coaching program that I was trained in didn't offer much education on the topic of sleep. It mostly focused on physical activity, nutrition, healthy weight loss, which are all great and really important for health, but did very little to enhance my knowledge of how to help clients get a better night's sleep. So I get hired to work as a health coach. This is my first job as an RD and health coach, and I'm working at the Employee Wellness Clinic. And during the first week that I'm there, this realization hits me that one of my roles as a health coach is to counsel employees on improving their sleep. Yet I had received very little training on this. So that set off an alarm bell in my mind. Luckily, things were very slow work-wise during the first couple of weeks that I was there, so I had a lot of downtime, and I decided to take advantage of this time to teach myself about sleep. 
Up to this point, the only education I had received about sleep was when I was an undergrad at UC Irvine 25 years ago when I was a psych major and I took a class on the psychology of sleep and dreams. And that was a really interesting course. But it was so long ago that my memories of what I learned in that class were stored in some remote, dusty, floppy drive in my mind. So that wasn't helping me. So fast forward back to 2017. I'm sitting here at this desk at this wellness clinic, my very first job after becoming a registered dietitian and health coach. I really want to do well and make a good impression. And I want to feel confident that I know what I'm talking about when I discuss the topic of sleep with clients. So I jump online and I start looking up resources on improving sleep. And to be safe, I focus on highly regarded universities who have sleep programs and who actively do research on sleep. And I found that both Harvard and Stanford are both active in this area. I read the online resources that Harvard made available to the public on improving sleep. And as I learned more about Stanford's sleep program, I came across a book called The Promise of Sleep, which was written by Dr. William DeMent. William DeMent passed away two years ago at the age of 91. He was considered by many to be the father of sleep medicine. He was the founder and director of the Stanford University Sleep Research Center. He was the founding president of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. And he made many significant contributions to the field of sleep medicine throughout his lifetime. So I was looking for high-quality information on the topic of sleep from a well-regarded source that I could trust. And hooray, I had found it with this book. So I checked it out from my local library, and I literally spent the next couple of days at work reading this book and taking notes. It's a long book, but it's chock-full of useful information and also interesting anecdotes, so I definitely recommend it. I also discovered that Dr. DeMent is a fellow jazz lover and fan of Stan Getz, so we had that in common. Around this time, I also read another book on sleep that was written by a naturopath physician that had good information about blue light, adenosine, melatonin, and circadian rhythm, which I also found really helpful. I'm going into all of this detail because I want you to know that I'm not an expert on sleep. However, I am very interested in the topic of sleep and want to assure you that, as always, the information that I'm going to pass on to you today is high quality and comes from good sources. In this episode, I'm also not getting into sleep disorders or getting into sleep medicine topics, as I feel that that would be best discussed by an expert in sleep medicine. In today's episode, I'll give you some of the fundamentals of basic sleep hygiene, and this is intended for people who are not suffering from a sleep disorder. So let's jump in, and for your convenience, I've created a post on my website just now that outlines all of the points that I'm going to discuss here. So that way, you can also access this information later in written form. 
My website is vitalitahealth.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-A health.com. And the post is called Sleep Hygiene Tips. Improve your sleep, improve your life. And while you're there, also be sure to subscribe to my website with your email address. So you can also get access to my anti-inflammatory foods handout, which is available now only for a limited time. So let's dive into sleep. Sleep is so critical to good health. Getting enough good quality sleep is associated with better eating habits, a healthier weight, improvements in mood, cognitive functioning, mental health, cardiovascular health, and metabolic health. It also affects your energy level and can even affect your creativity and enjoyment of life. So the quality of your sleep is really important. And it's also essential to get enough sleep to be fully rested. And the right amount of sleep for you can be very individual. But in general, a healthy amount of sleep is anywhere from 7 to 9 hours per night. So here are my tips for getting a good night's sleep. So tip number one, create an optimal sleep environment, and that will involve keeping your bedroom cool, quiet, and dark. So let's start with cool. You want a slightly cool temperature in your bedroom because that will promote sleep. And when I say cool, I mean around 65 degrees Fahrenheit, give or take a few degrees. You also want your bedroom to be as quiet as possible. You want to minimize noise as much as you can from humans, from pets, and also devices. And you might want to consider earplugs if you're unable to control some of the noise. So, for example, if your partner snores or if there's loud sounds outside. You also want to make your bedroom into an inviting relaxation retreat. And you want to limit bedroom activities to sleep and sex. That's it. You also want to ban devices. So don't bring devices or work into the bedroom as much as possible. I know that's hard for some of us, but it really is a good idea. Devices are stimulating. A lot of them have light that they're giving off that is not conducive to you falling asleep. So it is a good idea to ban devices from the bedroom entirely. You also want a really comfortable mattress and pillow. It's good to have some soft, fresh, clean sheets and blankets. And for a blanket, nothing too heavy. It's also not a bad idea to have a nice smell in the room, some aromatherapy. Essential oils like lavender can promote relaxation. So let's talk about darkness. You want your bedroom to be as dark as possible. Even small amounts of light at night can throw off your biological clock. Keep your bedroom as dark as possible during the night. Here are some ideas. Get some window shades which completely block out the light. You can also wear an eye mask. And no lights or even night lights that are on inside the bedroom. If you want to have a nightlight, have it in the hallway or the bathroom, but don't even have a nightlight on inside the bedroom. Tip number two, avoid stimulants and alcohol at night. So caffeine, of course, 
coffee, black tea. You want to avoid that after 5 p.m. And if you're sensitive to caffeine, maybe even avoid any caffeine drinks after noon. You also want to be aware of hidden caffeine in things like soda, chocolate, and even medications. And nicotine, or smoking, has a stimulant effect, so smoking before bed is not a good idea. Alcohol also can interfere with maintaining sleep. So alcohol tends to promote you falling asleep initially, but it also tends to promote you awakening abruptly a few hours later and then having trouble getting back to sleep. So tip number three, body temperature, avoiding getting overheated. Feeling slightly cool tends to promote sleep. And your body temperature normally drops one or two degrees at night to prepare for sleep. So you want to avoid activities at night that tend to increase your body temperature. Things like exercising before bed. So you want to finish exercising, especially if it's vigorous exercise. You want to finish that at least three hours before bedtime. You also want to avoid taking a hot shower before bed. Now, a warm bath can be fine, and a warm bath can even help with sleep, but just don't have it too hot. No hot showers or really hot baths before bed. And let's talk about blankets. So blankets on the bed should offer the right amount of warmth, but not be too warm or too heavy. And you also want to turn off heat and turn off any electric blankets before bedtime. So tip number four, create a relaxation ritual for the hour before bed. So for the hour before bed, you want to unplug, literally and mentally. Put away the devices, put away the work, stop thinking about work. You want to try to avoid during this last hour before bed any stressful, upsetting emotions, and even stressful or upsetting or very emotional TV shows. That's something to keep in mind, too. You also want to keep in mind for the hour before bed to wind down with relaxing activities. So I'm going to give you some relaxing activities to give you some ideas right now. So consider trying one or two of these tonight. So one of them is reconnecting with a partner, a friend, or a pet. You can also do some deep breathing exercises. You could do some type of meditation or guided meditation or prayer before bed. That's very relaxing. You can do some gentle or restorative yoga or simply do some gentle stretching before bed. You could have some herbal tea. You could listen to or play music, although nothing too raucous or overstimulating. You could do some writing in your journal. Along those lines, you could also do a gratitude exercise where you write down three things that you're grateful for. You could read a book or you could listen to an audiobook. For nighttime, choose a book that's not related to your work or career. This is your personal time. So read something enjoyable, relaxing, inspiring, or just plain fun. If you must read on a computer, tablet, or phone, make sure it's on the night mode setting to mostly block out the blue light 
exposure to blue light on your device could delay your sleep, so you want to keep that in mind. Tip number five, reboot your biological clock. So cortisol is involved in your sense of alertness during the day. And when it's functioning normally, it should begin to rise first thing in the morning. Exposing yourself to sunlight early in the day prompts cortisol to begin to rise at the right time. Sunlight is much more powerful than artificial light, even on a cloudy day. So get outside in the morning as early as possible. You could do some gardening. You could tend to your plants, water your plants. You could walk the dog and walk yourself in the meantime. You could jog around the neighborhood. You could have breakfast in the backyard or on the patio of your favorite coffee house. So there you have it. I hope these tips on sleep will be helpful for you. And I hope you start putting some of these ideas into practice right away. Before I let you go, I want to mention that as a registered dietitian who specializes in heart health and prediabetes, I'm available for one-on-one -on -one nutrition consultations over the phone, virtual, or even in person if you're local in Orange County. And I'm running a special on this now, so I normally charge $2.99 for this, but for a limited time, it's only $2.49 for a 90-minute in-depth nutrition consultation and assessment with me. And when I say in-depth, it really is, because we'll go over all aspects of your health, your medical history, medications, your weight history, we'll get into detail about the foods you're eating now, what concerns you have, and what you'd like to achieve in regards to your health. At the end of the initial session, I'll give you my recommendations, and we'll together create an action plan to get you on the road to better health. And if you want my help with nutrition coaching beyond that first session, I'm available for follow-up sessions as well. And at this time, the special rate for follow-up sessions is 119, and this is normally 149. So to lock in these special rates, email me today at vitalitahealth at gmail.com to get started. I also offer a free 10-minute phone consultation, and that's a great way for me to get to know you a little better and find out how I can help you. And finally, just a gentle reminder to subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you listen to this show to ensure that you don't miss an episode. Another option is you can subscribe by becoming a subscriber of my website, vitalitahealth.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-A health.com. And when you do that, you'll stay current with what I'm doing, and you'll get an email notification whenever I post new content on the website. And that includes new podcast episodes, blog posts, and recipes. I normally post just once or twice a week, so it's not excessive. Have a great week. I will see you right back here next week for more stimulating discussion about nutrition and health for Gen Xers. Take care. I hope you learned something new from this episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you would leave me a five-star review. As a reminder, you can visit my website, vitalitahealth.com, that's V-I-T-A-L-I-T-A, health.com, 
to listen directly to my podcast episodes, to read my blog on nutrition and health, and to learn more about me. In addition, I started a Facebook page for this podcast as a way to engage with my listeners and provide you with updates. So I encourage you to check that out and follow this page. Also, feel free to contact me directly at vitalitahealth at gmail.com. I hope you have an amazing week. See you right back here next week. This podcast discusses wellness strategies for health in an informational and educational manner only, with information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. This podcast is not intended to replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury. You should consult a physician or other trusted healthcare professional before adopting any of the suggestions in this podcast. Neither myself, Lisa Henderson, or Vitalita Health accept any liability for any loss, damage, illness, or injury.